There are three types of people that operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Spiritual, carnal, and weird spiritual. The spiritual, they're led of the Spirit. They edify others, and they operate in decency and in order. The carnal, everything they do is led of the flesh. They edify themselves, and it's all based upon emotional manipulation. And then there's the weird. This is usually their medications or their drugs talking. This is their ignorance speaking. And often they just don't know the meaning of appropriate. Why do you not really hear about testimony services anymore? I'll tell you why. Because we don't know what's going to come out of people's mouths. Why are pastors shutting down tongues and interpretation? Because it's getting out of control. And it's ruining a good service. Ruining a good message. Ruining a good altar call. And pastors don't want people to make spectacles of themselves. Our goal is for the spiritual to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And it's our goal to silence the carnal and the weird. Because I tell you what, the carnal and the weird when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, they have diarrhea of the mouth. And if you begin to get diarrhea of the mouth attempting to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, let me give you some advice. The best advice you're ever going to hear. Excuse yourself. Go to the church restroom. Stick your face in the toilet and relieve yourself. And then pray that you get constipation of the mouth. Hi, this is Justin Gleason. Welcome to Spirit Signal, a God, Bible, and Church podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Truth Radio, and many, many more. New episodes uploaded Thursdays at 3 p.m. Please consider subscribing. Scroll down after this episode and click subscribe so you can be notified of our brand new episodes. Also, consider give a great review and rating and please tell your friends about this podcast. Podcasting is the future and with the help of your loyal listenership, I will have a future in it. Follow and contact me on Facebook pages, Instagram and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. Also, Spirit Signal JG at gmail.com. In today's podcast, Spiritual Gifts, part number three, I'm going to share with you some powerful uh, teaching. Along with that, some very powerful, truly God uh, inspired stories, real things that happened with the gifts of the Spirit. And also, we're going to take time to share some church horror stories concerning the gifts of the Spirit. We're uh, wrapping up this series to talk about the three spiritual gifts, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. This series is based upon 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and Paul lists nine gifts of the Spirit. You have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those three help you think like God. And then you have faith, uh, gifts of healing, working of miracles. These are gifts that move upon somebody to act like God. And then today we're talking about the three prophecy, tongues, and interpretation that cause one to supernaturally talk like God. These three gifts are powerful, but sadly, it's a fact. It's the truth. It's awkward, I know, but we got to talk about it. Might as well talk about it here on Spirit Signal. These gifts tend to be the ones that get out of hand. These are the ones that get out of control. And it happens today, and you know where else it it happened? It happened in the New Testament times, which is why Paul, after teaching about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, he uh, continues to talk more and more about these gifts in 13 and 14, and he brings up how tongues, interpretation, and prophecy get out of hand. So if it was out of hand back then, it's out of hand today, and so we're going to address those things because it's in the Bible, and this is a God Bible and church podcast. I can feel it right now. Some of you are still laughing about the uh, spiritual gifts, diarrhea of the mouth, and hope you get constipation. You know, you know, I, I say that without laughing because to me, it's not really funny. It's true. It is absolutely true. People are out of control with this. And you know what? It's damaging and it's hurting and it's embarrassing churches and uh, first time guests aren't coming back because people need to get constipation of the mouth. Stop talking. Stop ruining it. Gifts of the Spirit are important. They're spiritual. And we can't be watering down these supernatural things simply because you want to look good, simply because you want to control somebody, do a little emotional manipulation. 
So stop, stop being weird with the supernatural and start acting natural with the supernatural. Amen. Let's talk about prophecy. Prophecy, how I explain it is, it's a spiritual declaration of God's future intentions, purpose, and foresight. It's a spiritual declaration of God's future intentions, purpose, and foresight. You take a look in First uh, Kings chapter 17. Elijah comes into the court of the wicked king Ahab, and Elijah prophetically declares, it will not rain at my word. Okay, that is prophecy. He declared what God intended to do. He intended to uh, not have it rain, to cause a famine in the land, uh, to get people's attention back on God. So that was prophecy. Just flew out of the prophet's mouth, and it came to pass. Okay, you have it in the New Testament. It's, It's all over in the New Testament. One example I have, one of my favorites, it's Jesus himself. Prophecy moves upon him in John 14, and he says... Those that believe in him will do greater works. Those that believe in him will do greater works. That was the intentions and the purpose and the foresight of God. And the apostles certainly did that. The early church did that. And we're doing that to this day. The greater works have come to pass. And I'm so glad it has. Praise the Lord. You read later on in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul specifically talks about prophecy and how valuable it is with unbelievers that come into a church service, come into a church meeting, unbelievers. Paul said that prophecy will reveal the secrets of their heart. They will fall down and confess and report that God is among you. So prophecy out of all nine gifts of the Spirit is said to be one that ministers to an unbeliever, to somebody who has the potential to be a brand new disciple. So that's why he emphasizes prophecy, because it is so powerful and special you know, to give somebody direction from God concerning the future. It's, uh, it's, I, I really believe that, uh, it's one of the key things that a lot of churches are, are missing. You know, people are just walking around only with the Bible. Well, understand this, the Bible is perfect. It's God's word and everything should line up with the Bible. But if your church is in the middle of a relocation, you're probably not going to find where to relocate in the Bible. You got to have a prophetic word concerning those things. Uh, some of you who are single and you want God to give you a husband or wife, you're probably not going to find in the Bible the exact name and place of your spouse. You need a prophetic word. You need to have prophecy. You need direction. If you're in trouble, you're in turmoil, you're confused, you're blank, you're ro- walking down a road of loneliness, yes, the Bible will edify you. It will comfort you and encourage you. But sometimes to know where to go, you're not going to find it in the Bible. you got to have a prophetic word. So, yeah, it speaks the secrets of the heart. It speaks the mind of God, and that's why it is so special. Okay, I was, uh, my friend, evangelist Chris Green, a a mighty great evangelist, um, he he and I are good friends, and he he lived here in our city and was at our church for some time. And during that time, this was the year 2012, um, he he was uh, just contemplating on what he's going to do with the future. He had several options and he was, he was talking to me about them in my office and I'll never forget. I was making copies for some of the ministries in our church. I was by the copy machine and he was talking to me and I got to tell you, you know, we were sipping on coffee. We're just having fun, you know, just hanging out at the church, just talking, you know, it wasn't a church service. It wasn't a powerful altar call. It was just a normal day. And when Brother Green was talking to me about decisions he had to make. I just stopped, and it just flew out of my mouth. And I said to Brother Green, you will evangelize, and the Lord will give you great ministry success. He wasn't an evangelist at that time. Matter of fact, that was probably the decision he really didn't even want to go with, if you want to know the truth. But in that moment, in that time, myself and several others confirmed that God had an excellent opportunity for him to be an evangelist. And I'm sure if you've listened to this, you have heard Brother Green preach. You have been somewhere to hear him preach. From 2012 to this time, the Lord has mightily used him uh, all over our fellowship in North America and all over the world. You know, that's what God wanted to do. And he put that intention in my heart, and I spoke it out along with others. And God continues to use Uh, evangelist Chris and Daniel Green to this day. Praise the Lord. It's the power of prophecy can give direction. There was a man in our local church. His name is Billy. 
He's a business owner. He come up to me during worship service one time with tears in his eyes, and he said, he, he said, Pastor Justin, my business is struggling. I don't know why. I don't understand. It was going so well, and all of a sudden we're struggling. And I asked him, I said, you paying your tithes? He said, every Sunday. He said, I never miss. And I said, well, good, because if you weren't, I can't really pray for God to bless you because you're in dis- disobedience. But since you're in obedience, I'm going to pray for you. And I began to pray from God bless his business, help him this. Well, all of a sudden prophecy moved upon me and it just flew out of my mouth. And I said unto him, Billy, the Lord this week shall give you more clients than you know what to do with. The prayer ended. We went on with worship and the service continued. A week later, he come up to me with the biggest smile on his face, hugged me and said, brother, you have no idea how powerful that moment was one week ago today. He said, you declared to me, prophesied to me that I would have more clients than I know what to do with this week. He said, Monday morning, my phone was ringing off the hook. He has a hauling business. He said, I had more jobs than I knew what to do with, and I didn't turn down any, but I said, yes, I'll do it. Made an agreement, wrote up a contract. (laughs) He said, but I'm looking around. I didn't have the equipment to do the jobs. I didn't have the personnel to do the jobs. So he said, immediately, God blessed me with uh, buying more equipment, more hauling equipment with a great price, and I hired some more employees, and I got all the jobs done. (laughs) I mean, that's powerful. That's special. You know, that's the beauty of prophecy, When you're in partnership with God financially, amen, sometimes you need a a prophetic word to help out. Praise the Lord. Okay, one Sunday in our local church, we were having an outpouring service, and I was preaching and uh, building faith for people to receive the Holy Holy Ghost by the sign of speaking in other tongues. I gave the altar call. Uh, About 10 people came forward to receive the Holy Ghost. And I said, okay, is there anybody else you want to come and receive the Holy Ghost? Well, off to the right in the back corner, a newer, a newer uh, family that just started coming to our church, their teenage son got up and came forward. As he was walking forward, you know, he was walking very slowly. And, you know, I, and I get that sometimes, you know, you know, God bless all of you that don't like attention on yourself. That, those are usually the people that God likes to use. Yes, those are the people that God uses that blesses, does miraculous things. And as this teenager came up, he actually was walking right towards our youth pastor, Brother Nathan Santomary. And uh, this young man's name was Joseph. He stands right there. I'm about to go through the prayer of repentance and explain on how to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm about to do that. But before I got through all of that, God swept through that place. And the prophetic word came upon me. And I looked down at this teenage boy, Joseph, and I pointed to him and I said, Joseph, you are about to quickly receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the sign of speaking in other tongues. Joseph wasn't crying. He didn't even have his hands raised. He just came down there and stood. But the Lord knew his hunger, and the Lord knew his faith and knew his humility and his obedience. And soon as that prophetic word came out of my mouth, boom, Joseph started talking in tongues. All of the seekers saw this happen. All of the church hats saw this happen. I didn't need to explain anything. So just all of a sudden, the church erupted in praise and worship, and everybody received the Holy Ghost that day. That all began, sparked with prophecy. I supernaturally declared what God was intending to do in that young man, that he was about to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Okay, now, prophecy is powerful, it's true, and when it's real, there's nothing like it. But let me tell you this. There is bad prophecy out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know all about it. I've known about it ever since I was a little kid. I'm a pastor's son, and I don't know what it is about pastor's sons, but we are like the target for bad prophecy. We are like the target for false prophecy. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't know what it is. Maybe someday I will. I don't know if people with uh, intentions and trying to control the church, they know they can't get away with it with the pastor. They certainly can't tell the pastor's wife. So what do they do? They try to emotionally manipulate uh, the pastor's son and t- or the pastor's daughter and tell them all kinds of weird things about what God wants to do in the church and what's wrong and what's this and what's that in hopes that the son will come up to the pastor and say, you know what, that spiritual person in our church said, you know, that uh, the music's too loud. And I believe that's from God too, you know. 
I've had that happen to me, and my, my dad knows when that is going on, and he put a stop to that really quickly. But I've had all kinds of crazy things happen to me. I had a guy come up in our church who thinks himself to be spiritual. He's not. But I love him. God bless him. I hope he makes it to heaven. But I mean, he come up to me and said, the Lord has shown me who you will marry. The Lord has shown me who you will marry. You do not know her, but I know her. And she's a girl in this church. And I knew exactly who he was talking about. He was trying to uh, uh, bridge the gap, shall we say, in a marriage between a certain young lady and a pastor's son. And I just smiled and and uh, said, well, we'll see what happens. Praise the Lord. And I walked off. I mean, the guy was trying to look spiritual in that moment. Uh, can I tell you this? I believe in prophecy for marriage. But let me tell you what. Prophecy with marriage, dating and marriage, engagement, all of that, that is probably the number one item that prophecy is used to manipulate. People trying to manipulate somebody to date them or marry them through prophecy. And... Uh, let me tell you this, guys, if you need a prophetic word for that girl to like you, it ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. You, you dress like a disaster. You smell like a mule. You have nothing going for you. You're 47 living in your mama's basement. Yeah, you probably do need a prophetic word to get a wife to love you. How about you distinguish yourself and better yourself? Get an education. Get a job. Get a haircut. Tuck in your shirt. Stop looking at porn. Become a man. Maybe then, perhaps, the door will open for you to get a wife. Don't emotionally manipulate some girl through false prophecy into dating you. I'm tired of that. That happens, and it destroys people's lives. Stop it. You got diarrhea of the mouth. Get constipation of the mouth immediately now. Okay, but I've had bad prophecies happen to me. I've had preachers, evangelists, older than me, come up, lay hands on me, and say, Thus saith the Lord, that you have desired things that are not the will of God. You have erred. You have gone wayward. You have gone this and that. And the Lord shall pluck you up and move you to another place. I had a pastor say all that stuff to me. I was in the altar and he laid hands and said all those very things to me. And I grinned and I smiled and I looked up at him and I said, oh, all those things are true and going to be fulfilled, but not on me, for you. And sure enough, that pastor, it wasn't too long after that, he had to resign his church because of family problems. He had to resign his church because of his lies and manipulation and all kinds of other things. And you know what? This happens with prophecy and tongues and interpretation. Sometimes it'll be crazy and weird. And the word really isn't for you. They're not speaking what is on their heart, but they are speaking what is in their heart and their own destiny. It happens. Oh, it does. Uh, believe me, secrets of the heart are made, are made manifested. They were trying to emotionally manipulate you, look spiritual, be powerful, but in all reality, they were prophesying their own doom and gloom. All right, so uh, how do you know prophecy, the real prophecy, is about to move on you? Okay, if you have to think about it, it ain't God. Prophecy is like speaking in tongues for those of you that have had that experience. Do you have to think about speaking in tongues? No, you sure don't. All you do is open your mouth, and what is inside of your spirit comes out in your voice through your mouth. It's God talking through your voice, through your spirit, through your voice. Prophecy works just like that. It just moves upon you. It usually you can feel it right in your heart. You open up your mouth and it comes out. And usually it's not very long. It's not a uh, multiple paragraphs. It's usually one, two, three words, maybe maybe two sentences at the most. And that's all you got to do. That's all it is. If you got to think about it, it's not God. And uh, it'll be something to edify. It'll be something to direct somebody in a good place. In Jesus' name, amen. That's prophecy. All right, let's move on to different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And I'm going to talk about these together because they should go together. Commonly, they are together. There's occasions when uh, there is a different kind of tongue and no interpretation is needed. We'll explain that in a minute. But for the most part, you see them working together in, in church services or wherever. Okay, tongues and interpretation of tongues. How I explain this, it is a spiritual message spoken to the hearers in a language that is not known to the speaker and or not known to the listener. It is then followed by a spiritual interpretation of the message given in an unknown language to the hearers in a language they understand. You might have to press your little uh, 10 seconds back arrow to get that. But in case you don't want to do that, let me tell you that again. It is essentially somebody who gets up, speaks in a language supernaturally, a language they don't know, 
to one or more people. It is then, because it's unknown, it needs to be interpreted. Otherwise, you just sound like somebody just babbling on and on and on in a foreign country. So you got to have an interpretation. Then somebody supernaturally through the Holy Ghost, not knowing that language, but God does, you open up your mouth and in the same manner you speak in the language to understand for the people. Okay? That's tongues and interpretation of tongues. Okay, out of all the other gifts of the Spirit, you can find many Old Testament examples of them happening and, of course, New Testament examples happening. It is not so with tongues and interpretation of tongues. There is not one instance in the Old Testament of tongues and interpretation of tongues happening. The only thing close would be the Tower of Babel. But uh, that's kind of a typology of how God can use tongues to divide, but then you get to Acts chapter 2. Not the Tower of Babel, but the upper room. Tongues were divided, but it didn't scatter the people that brought them together. Okay, but the actual like gifts of the Spirit, what we're talking about, it's not in the Old Testament. It is specifically reserved for the New Testament, and Jesus spoke about it. He talked about it to Nicodemus in John 3, that the wind blows where it wants to, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You can hear the sound of the wind, in the Greek, the phone, the phone of the Spirit, the phonics of the Spirit. And then, of course, in Mark 16, in the Great Commission, the Lord says that these signs would follow them that believe. And one of the new thing is new tongues. You would speak in brand new languages. A new language would be given to you supernaturally by God. So, yes, tongues is a Jesus thing. But then you have in Acts 2, the 120 Galileans speaking languages. And the diaspora Jews uh, are there for Pentecost and they hear them speaking. That really isn't gifts of the Spirit operating the Galileans were speaking to God, but they were declaring the works of God, and it was a supernatural experience that made all of the diaspora Jews wonder what's going on. And, of course, Peter clarifies to them a passage they would have all known in the book of Joel. This is that which was spoken by the prophet. In the last days I would pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Come on, somebody. Okay, then you have Acts chapter 10. Uh, the Jews hear the Gentiles, Cornelius in his house, speaking in tongues. This was shocking to them. They had never heard uh, Gentiles do this. Uh, it was only for the Jews at that moment, but they heard Gentiles speak with tongues, and it was a, a sign to them in, in the ministry. Hey, we're hearing them speak in tongues. We know uh, that this is of the Lord. So you have those instances in, in other places in the book of Acts. Let me clarify. You read later on from 1 Corinthians 12, you get to 1 Corinthians 14. There is a distinction between the two types of speaking in tongues. Number one, there is a tongues spoken to God. Number two, there is a tongues spoken to men. The tongue spoken to God that we are referring to is the initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Okay, Jesus prophesied that great signs would follow his believers. They would cast out devils, they would pick up serpents, they would heal the sick, and they would speak with new tongues. Out of all those things, which one came first after the Lord ascended and was glorified in the heavens? Well, you read about it in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, and you notice it doesn't appear to them casting out devils. It doesn't appear to them healing the sick. It doesn't appear to them taking up serpents and scorpions. All, all of the signs that Jesus spoke of. What's the initial one, the first one? Tongues. That was the first sign. Just like paying your tithe, the first fruit. Tongues was the first sign. And so thereafter that, that is the sign, the initial sign that the apostles throughout the book of Acts in church history, that they looked for, for somebody to be spirit-filled. You got to have a sign to show that you are spirit-filled. You can't just say it. It's got to be supernatural. You got to have supernatural. And then of course, the blessed attitudes and the fruit of the spirit. But the initial sign that you look for, that you must have, that you must have for yourself and for the witnesses around you is speaking in tongues. When this happens, that tongue is spoken to God. It is a phrase of worship unto the Lord. It is a phrase of it is a phrase of praise unto God. It's spoken to God, not to men. It's ministering to the Lord. It's praying to the Lord. It's upward spoken to God. It is relational prayers to God and for your own self-edification in other places in the Bible it talks about being renewed in this and in other places oh the deep stuff it gets into intercession. Intercession spoken to God. Then there are times that you will be praying in tongues and you will pray in English following that supernaturally. And when that happens, you're interpreting what you just said. And then other times you won't interpret what you just said, but it's just mysterious. It's spoken to God and only God knows and God likes those type of prayers. Those type of tongues spoken to God is the initial sign of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Thereafter, it becomes prayer and ministry unto the Lord spoken upward to God, not to men. 
It is for relationship with God, your self-edification, renewing, and then sometimes move into intercession. Sometimes when you do this, you will get the interpretation. You'll pray right back in English what you just prayed, but then commonly it just remains a mystery. And God likes just to hear you pray in a way that only he can understand and you don't. That is a part of the mysteries of God. Okay, so you can't confuse what is happens in the book of Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, 10, and 19 with what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. You have tongues spoken to God, and then you have what I'm going to talk about, tongues spoken to men. Tongues spoken to men, which is a ministry tongue. It is a gifting to minister and edify others, to minister to people, to minister to the church. This is a supernatural tongue spoken to people. The vast majority of the time, it is not understood by the person speaking or the people listening. Sometimes it is understood by the people listening. But of course, if it's not understood, there needs to be an interpretation. Okay? If it is understood, the understander will be ministered to. This is very rare. Okay, for instance, Evangelist Charles Mahaney. Evangelist Charles Mahaney, one of the great evangelists. He's with the Lord now. He uh, was at our church. The altar call was moving. But then, uh, you know, just people were praying. People were doing their own thing. You know, some people were leaving, but there were other people ministering. I watched Brother Mahaney. After he was praying for people, he went and sat down, and a man came up to him in our church. His name is Brother Danny. Brother Danny uh, knelt down in front of Brother Mahaney, and he be, I watched this happen. He began to pray over him in mystical languages, and I saw Brother Mahaney begin to weep. Okay, not cry. I'm talking weep. It was spiritual tears. And I didn't know what transpired in that moment, but I mean, it was powerful. It was a holy moment. After Brother Danny Torres was done praying and, and the, the uh, burden to speak a, a word of, of tongues over him lifted, we all went our separate ways. And on, on the way back to the hotel, Brother Mahaney said to my dad, and he said to me, Justin, he said, that Brother Danny in your church come up to me and spoke to me in perfect Hebrew. Okay, Brother Danny does not understand Hebrew, but Brother Mahaney did. He understood it very well. And he said, that brother spoke to me the intentions of God that he's intending to do in my personal life and my family. And he couldn't tell us the details. That's how intimate and special it was. Okay. There was no interpretation there. Brother Danny did not understand Hebrew, but God understands Hebrew. God knew Brother Mahaney understood Hebrew, a language that Brother Danny didn't understand. So God moved upon Brother Danny to speak Brother Mahaney in Hebrew, a word from God. Okay. That's when tongues does not require an interpretation, okay? There is something that I, I on my bucket list that I hope to experience. I want to go to a foreign country and see somebody get the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues in English and them not know English. I want to see that. I've heard so many reports of that happening, and that is so cool. It's so neat. And you know what's, what happens is, is when somebody does that and they understand them, getting the Holy Ghost and by the sign of tongues in English, you know what they say? Jesus, I love you. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only Lord. He's filling me with his spirit. His grace and mercy is truth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you notice this tongue spoken to God. It's repetitious, simple phrases over and over. And you know why? That's how we praise the Lord, isn't it? Think about this, the songs we sing in church. We sing simple songs. God is great. I'm a friend of God. Uh, you deserve the glory. It's only simple phrases. And you look at that in the Psalms. Psalms in the Bible are simple phrases unto God. And that's how you know you're speaking to God. God likes simple phrases. Simple things like, there's nobody like you, God. I love you, God. You mean everything to me, God. Jesus is Lord. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for saving my soul. I want to see that. That would personally minister to me. Okay, moving on more to uh, the the interpretation uh, side of things. Whenever the the tongues is given, and and how you know tongue a message in tongues is about to come to the church or a prayer meeting or in a family or wherever you at, it is usually preceded by a moment of silence. And those of you Pentecostal people that have been in this thing a while in a while, you know what I'm talking about. Quite often the preacher is preaching, the pastor is preaching, and all of a sudden things just go voop, just quiet. It's like just a supernatural hush. All the people quit praying. Uh, sometimes the 
The people uh, who were talking in the back, they quit talking. Hopefully, if they're talking in the back, they should go out in the narthex, stop being disorderly and disruptive. Even children start stop talking, and sometimes even the air shuts down. You know what? Something is right when I said that the AC that's in this office right now just shut down. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost. All right? It goes silent. And then a, a message in tongues comes out. That's a sign that it's God. It's like everybody through the Holy Ghost knows God's about to speak, so we don't want to interrupt God, so be silent, be respectful to God, okay? That's a sign. Usually when tongues is about to happen, the silence will come, and the person who is going to speak it, you will feel it right in your soul. You'll feel it right in your heart. You don't have to think about it, and when the tongues comes out, it will be a tongue you have never spoken before. And that's how you know it's from God or not. If somebody's speaking in tongues and you're like, wait a minute, I've heard them pray in that tongue before. I've heard them minister that tongue in the Lord before. They're probably just moved upon by the Holy Ghost to praise and worship him. And that's fine, but it's not a message to the church. If that happens, just join them in, in tongues yourself. Just join them in praise unto God yourself. Because you don't need an interpretation at that moment. It's just time to speak with the Spirit. But if it's a mystical tongue, and you'll know it. You'll know it because it won't be in simple phrases. It won't be like up to God, but it'll be to the people. It'll be to the people. And that's when you need an interpretation. An interpretation to me, notice it's not a translation. It doesn't say translation in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says the interpretation of tongues, meaning it's not going to be a word-for-word -word translation of what is said. It will be interpretive. It'll be thought for thought, okay? So if somebody gives a 45-second long message in tongues, but then a 12-second interpretation follows, don't think for one minute that it's off. Because sometimes you can say what was said in 45 seconds in 12 seconds, or vice versa. So it's interpretive. Okay, if you have to think about it, if you have to contemplate about it, it's not an interpretation from God. It will flow out of you naturally in English or the native language of whatever uh, the audience may be. It will flow out of you naturally. Completely naturally, just like you're talking in tongues, it'll flow out of you from your soul. Amen. That's how it happens most of the time. There are other times when the interpretation comes, and this has happened to me personally. I know other men, men and women of God this has happened to. The interpretation will come to you way before even service starts. You know what God intends to say. And when the tongues is given, you already have the word, and you're ready to give it. That can also happen as well. So it's a revealed interpretation that sometimes flows out, or sometimes it is supernaturally revealed by way very similar to the word of knowledge, as a matter of fact. Okay, so all those things can happen. It's all real, and uh, we want to let that flow. Okay, interpretations uh, sometimes are quenched. Sometimes they're stopped. The interpretation, it's there. It wants to be there, but some people just kind of clam up and don't want to give it. I got a few reasons why I think that happens. The interpreter, they have the interpretation, they know it, they keep silent because they're just unsure. They're just unsure and they're humble and they don't want to cause a problem. You know, that can happen. Well, the answer to that is just sometimes step out in faith, okay? If you have the proper motive, God will help you and God will teach you. If it ain't about you and about God and about the people, chances are whatever you say, it's going to be taken okay, all right? All right, so you just you just got to practice. Talk to your pastor about that, and when it comes, just if you approach it humbly, who cares if you you stammer a few words? Nobody's going to care. If it's understood and it's a message from God with the proper motive, you're going to bless the people. Uh, don't worry about it, okay? All right, because it's, it's all on God anyway. It ain't on you. If you got the bad motives, everybody's going to know it, and every, everybody's going to be awkward, and nobody's going to talk to you for about a month. People will ghost you because people are getting sick and tired of abuse of the, of the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, another reason, the message in tongues was not a message for the church. Sometimes that's why there's no interpretation, and the person giving the message in tongues, you know, feels like a dunce. They're like, did I miss God? Well, maybe what you spoke was to God. It wasn't to church. Or perhaps you spoke the intentions of your heart, and the interpretation would greatly embarrass you, and God doesn't want to embarrass you in that moment. Okay, and thirdly, there's just no interpreter present. Uh, God just doesn't see anybody he wants to interpret through there. They stayed home. They stayed home. You should have went to church. So those are the three reasons. But uh, you know what? Experiment a little bit. Try it out. Experiment the will of God. And uh, you can perfect it, and you'll understand it and know it. But chances are, if you got the proper motives that seek to edify, it's going to be okay. It's going to bless the people. It may be a little off. It may be a little eh. But if it's a good word, 
you know, flows in unity with the message, the service, it's going to be okay. Why not? Go for it. With me, my experience, there's only just a few times, maybe two or three times, I've done any public tongues and interpretation. It's very rare for me. I don't know why that is. There's people in our church, man, it happens all the time, and it's powerful. For the most part, when it happens to me, and it happens a lot, it does not happen publicly. I interpret tongues mostly in my prayer time. This happens to me often. I'll slip off and pray in tongues, and then I'll change right back to English, and the word through English flows out of me, and I interpret my tongues. And oftentimes, after the burden lifts, I'll get up and write it down. And a lot of times, sermons are born out of those things. And a lot of times, answers to prayer are born out of those things. And wisdom and understanding are born out of that. Okay? I'm ministering to the Lord, ministering to myself, using the gifts of the Spirit really on myself. And that's appropriate. And oftentimes, that's usually how the gifts of the Spirit works. It's for yourself. So uh, if you want to do that, ask God to give it to you, and he will. Praise the Lord. But then there's other moments in the altar call. The gifts of the Spirit will move upon me, and I interpret the tongues being spoken by a saint. I interpret the tongues being spoken by people, and I'll interpret it right there. It's not publicly. It's just one-on-one with that person. The first time this happened, I was a student uh, at Bible college. I was in my early 20s, and I was at General Conference. And uh, there was a powerful altar call happening. And I went up to pray for a guy my age. And I'm praying for him, and he's talking in tongues. And all of a sudden, I can feel the anointing of God move upon me in my spirit. And after he was done talking in tongues, it just flew out of me. I said, my friend, I just interpreted your tongues. You are asking God to help you with things that you don't like about yourself. He had his head down, his eyes closed, and when I said that, he looked up at me. He couldn't believe what I just said. He, he fell out in the Holy Ghost. And there was a great deliverance that happened to him in that moment. He was struggling with uh, some perversion, struggling with a lot of uh, guilt and shame. And in that moment, through the gifts of the Spirit, tongues and interpretation, he was delivered right there. Amen. That interpretation of, t- of tongues uh, just brought faith to him. And when that happens, you knew God was about to do it. So God answered his prayer. All right. Uh, in our church, uh, we've had many tongues and interpretation that were for that moment, that time, and bless the people. But then there's times when tongues and interpretation are for the future. Back in the 1990s, Eli, evangelist Eli Hernandez, you've probably heard that name. He's went to be with the Lord this year. We miss him. We love him. Powerful evangelist, ministered to me on a personal level. There was a tongues given in that in that setting in that time. It was during the time when we were uh, first sold our building and we were looking at relocating. We were renting back from our buyers. So we were without a church. We were renters. We, we didn't have a building. So a message in tongues came, and Brother Hernandez stood up and gave the interpretation. And the interpretation was, my provision is in the land. My provision is in the land. And we're all thinking, what in the world does that mean? And what in the world does that mean? But we wrote it down and we held on to it, you know, and thought we'll understand what that means later. Well, years later, we bought 12 acres of land and built a new church on it. Thereafter that, an opportunity to buy an additional 38 acres opened up to buy it very cheap. (laughs) And we bought it. Thereafter that, another 40 acres opened up right near us to buy it very cheap. So we bought it. And we thought, what in the world is this? These opportunities fallen right into our lap to buy land for next to nothing. Good land uh, uh, with a potential to be high-dollar commercial commercial property. And we remembered what God said. Through the interpretation of tongues, my provision is in the land. And we're holding on to that right now to this day. We're in the middle of a, a brand-new campaign to expand our current location. And we're believing that a part of that, how it's going to be paid for, is the sale of the land that we bought. God's provision is in the land. It's what it's got to be. That's what's clear, obvious, and peaceable. So yeah, we're hanging on to that. That is the gifts of the Spirit flowing. Okay, let me talk about a couple times uh, the gifts of the Spirit with tongues and interpretation of tongues getting out of control. And uh, we need to muzzle that. We need to correct that. We need to gently uh, coach somebody and go in the other direction if they refuse. So we need to just shut them down, okay, because that's when the devil starts moving in. Okay, Brother Billy Cole. We're fans of Brother Billy Cole around here, all right? There is a story confirmed by many of his uh, disciples, his sons, his his students, uh, that have told this story to me, and all their stories line up. So we've got two or three witnesses. It's a true story. And the story goes that 
there were uh, brother Cole used to do uh, Holy Ghost Crusades in Ethiopia. Very powerful. Thousands, hundreds of thousands were there. Powerful meetings. You can see those videos on YouTube. Just type in Billy Cole, Ethiopia Crusades. It'll change your life. You need to see it. All right. So <laughs> the story goes that, you know, Brother Cole would invite pastors and these pastors would bring whoever to the crusade. Well, somehow some young, arrogant preacher who was trying to be somebody, you know, the type trying to be somebody got on that trip. And uh, I guess the night before in the prayer meeting, he was trying to be spiritual, trying to be seen of men and kind of annoying everybody. You know, Brother Teclamarian was trying to talk, and this guy, this young dunce, kept speaking up about da 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 and everybody's looking at him like, what are you doing? Shut up. Quit interrupting the bishop. You need to listen. Nobody cares about what you have to say. But, you know, people are polite. Nobody wants to fight. Everybody wants to be nice. You know, after all, when you go to a place like that, you want to have a good time. So why stir up conflict? Well, the next day came, and service is happening, and this Young Putz gets up in the microphone and blurts out a big old long message in tongues, like a three-minute long message in tongues. And then he stops, and he's believing and hoping, oh, Brother Cole is going to stand up behind me and interpret my powerful tongues, and the Holy Ghost is going to fall because I gave the, t- the message in tongues. Well, there was no interpretation. It was quiet. Thousands of people are just staring like, what is going on? What is this American dude doing? So the guy steps down. The service continues. They sing. They testify, whatever. Well, this guy gets up again a second time instead of going three minutes. I don't know how long he went. I'm exaggerating. He goes longer than three minutes, and he speaks even louder and longer in tongues, hoping for a mighty interpretation by Brother Cole or Brother Kleindenser or uh, any of the other preachers there, Brother Teclamary. <laughs> and there's no interpretation, so he sits down. Service continues, all right? This guy gets up a third time thinking, oh, the third time is the charm, and he gives the tongues louder and longer and more boisterous than ever before, raising his hands and grabbing the microphone and shaking his head and shaking his hair and jumping up and down and twirling around and giving a mighty message in tongues for the people to receive in Ethiopia. Well, Brother Cole stood up and said, all right, this brother wants an interpretation. I'm going to give it. Brother Cole walks to the pulpit. This young man is thinking, finally, somebody's going to interpret and God is going to move through my tongues. Well, Brother Cole gently, quietly stepped up to that pulpit, put his mouth in the mic and said, Ethiopia, I have the interpretation of this young man's three message in tongues. And the interpretation is, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me now. Look at me then, and look at me some more. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And as as quiet as it is right now, as quiet as it is right now here in this office, here on this podcast, and probably as quiet as it is right now wherever you are at, it got quiet there in that crusade. That young preacher dropped his head, slunched, and tried to crawl out of that place, get off that platform as quickly as he could. (laughs) Well, he wanted to be seen of men. He wanted an interpretation, and that's what he got. And I'm sure he turned out okay, because sometimes that's how you have to handle somebody like that. Don't do that, young people. Never try the gifts of the Spirit to be seen of men. It's not about you looking powerful. It's about declaring who and what God is, and ministering to somebody else. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's get to some listener comments. We, we put this out, and I, I know, I learned this quickly in the beginning with podcasting and social media and stuff. People would rather listen and read passively. They really don't want to get involved. They want to enjoy hearing others talk and enjoy reading what others write. And I understand that, and I respect that, and I hope that never changes. But thank God for a few people that like to interact because it gives us great talking contact content and something to learn. Okay, I put it out on on social media. Do you have a bad prophecy or tongues and interpretation church horror story that you care to share? Please leave us a comment. I had uh, several people, a lot of people actually uh, contact me privately, anonymously, and uh, I picked a few here that I want to share. Okay, Uh, a dear sister says that She was praying in the altar call at her church, focusing on God, and a quote-unquote spiritual lady grabbed her and hugged her 
and started telling her that she saw me in a great future battle with damaged armor and that someone close to me in this church would wound me severely and it would devastate me and I would have to choose God or for- and forgiveness over bitterness. This lady who hugged me was sobbing. She was very, uh, it was heavy on her heart. She was crying heavily, weeping. And instantly I felt confused after this lady told me this. I felt confused. That's a good sign. It ain't the gifts of the Spirit. If somebody speaks to you, gives you a word, does something, and you're confused, it ain't God. It's the devil because God is not the author of confusion. That's the devil. So I tell you what, that was the gifts of the devil moving in that moment. I think that lady knew it. Okay, this lady then looks at her. She can tell she's confused, like, what, what are you talking about? And so she asks her, oh, have I wounded you in any manner? And this lady just stared at her and said, no, you haven't. And, uh, you know, she tried to be polite, but then she thought later on, I've never been wounded by anybody in this church ever, and I don't think anybody would do that. And this word kind of scared me, you know, because I presumed this person to be so spiritual. But, of course, God is not the author of confusion, so I let it go. But it was a weird moment. All right? This has happened to me. I know all about it. Let me tell you what's going on here. That person is trying to control you emotionally. It is emotional manipulation under the guise of the gifts of the Spirit. What that person is doing in that moment, they are speaking their own heart and their own destiny. And I know the details about this story. And let me tell you what, that woman, woman, all of those things happened to her. She got offended. She was called out by somebody in the church and it hurt her. And she's probably still hurt uh, to, to this day and probably still going around trying to emotionally manipulate people. So it happens. And when that happens, you know what? Just stare at them. Let the confusion take its course at that moment in time. And then maybe if you feel it kindly, so kindly tell them, you know, I reject everything you just said because it's for you. All right. Another person contacted me. This brother says, you know, someone in my church gave my wife and I a word in the altar call and said that we would become missionaries to a foreign country in one to two years. Well, here we are. That was four years ago. Uh, and from what I can tell uh, through more conversation with this person that told me this, the person who is falsely prophesying has done this a lot. They like to prophesy what other people are going to do for God, and it's never correct. It's always like, in the future, you shall. Well, then that future comes, and it never happens, and that person leaves wondering, what did I do wrong? Let me tell you something. You didn't do anything wrong. That person is trying to look powerful. That person is trying to look spiritual. That person is trying to be a prophet. That person is trying to get the credit for God doing something in your life. And uh, sometimes you got to do what the book of Numbers Moses wrote. You got to try the prophet, see if what he says comes to pass, if you can trust him or not. And that happens, you know. And when that happens, when somebody tells me something's going to happen, it doesn't happen, I mark them. I mark them. Now, sometimes people are mistaken. I get that. We have patience for that. Definitely if they're newer in it and trying it out. It's okay to make a little mistake. If your motive is right, we have patience and grace for you. But if your motive is to look spiritual, I'll mark you down and I will never believe anything you say ever again. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm about to start calling it out. And I've, because I'm approaching the age of 40, and I just believe a man by the age of 40 can do things like this. So, so yeah, uh, the person that uh, messaged me that, thank you. Uh, what you're doing right now is the will of God. And the, the whole missionary stuff, that person probably thinks they're supposed to be a missionary and trying to pronounce that on you and control you. All right, they're speaking their own desires. That's what that is. Okay, an anonymous pastor <laughs> texted me and said, hey, uh, I ha- I've had to shut down tongues in my church. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it's awkward enough when somebody starts blah, 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 and the pastor has to say, okay, uh, please be silent. Let's all praise and worship. <sighs> Oh, that's awkward. But what what else can you do? And even when those awkward interpretations come, this guy said, I've had to shut them off. I've had to do it. You know, and I'm the pastor and I can do that. And the church appreciates that. Pastors have a way of shutting down what is awkward. And usually the pastor needs to do that. Just, just let him shepherd the church. All right. That's about the best thing you can do. 
Well, on over to Justin C. Gleason Instagram, Landon Pierce, <laughs> Landon Pierce, he says, there's a guy in, that used to, I guess, used to go in our church, a guy in church who would randomly shout out tongues for long periods of time during the preaching, long time in tongues during the preaching. And the church would just pause for an interpretation, but none would be presented. So awkward. You know what that dude is doing in that church? He's trying to interrupt the pastor. He's disrespecting the pastor. He thinks he can talk better than that pastor. It's all about him. It's all about him, which is why Paul said, don't do that. Go one at a time, maybe two or three, and let the prophets judge. Well, this prophet right here on Spirit Signal is judging right now. That guy needs to be muzzled, okay? Uh, wrap a prayer cloth around his face. Don't let that guy do that anymore. Somebody needs to correct him. Stop it. It's time we start doing the most good for the most people. And that guy is doing the least amount of good for the least people. Less good for just his lesser self. All right. Uh, you got my permission to talk to your pastor about that, Brother Landon. Let's shut this guy down. Don't put up with that mess. You have Jordan Wyatt, my friend Jordan Wyatt. What is up, my friend? Brother Jordan says, In our church, someone was giving the interpretation and they said, thus saith the Lord. And there was a long pause. And then they said, it slippeth my mindeth. <laughs> oh, that is so bad. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, what I'm trying to say here in this conclusion of this series, and we'll talk about it again sometime in the future, there are three types of people that like to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. The spiritual people, we know who they are. Let them speak. You have the carnal people. You need to shut them down very quickly and make an obvious spectacle of it because they want to be seen. You want know let them be seen. Let them be seen for how carnal they really are. And then thirdly, you have just the weird. With the feeble-minded, it's their drugs talking. It's their medicine talking. It's their ignorance talking. They don't know the meaning of being appropriate. Gently guide those type of people to bring order into the church. I want to leave you with what Paul said at the end of 1 Corinthians 14. He said, desire prophecy, don't forbid tongues, but let all be done decently and in order. You have my permission, my faithful audience and faithful listeners. If you get a weird prophecy, tongue, or interpretation, Reject it immediately. If it's spoken over you, your spouse, your kids, your friends, stop it right there and say, I reject what you're saying and may it be done unto you. For you're speaking what is not only on your heart, but within your own heart. Stop being weird. Stop acting crazy. It's time to start being natural with the supernatural. And it ain't about us. It's about God. Stop being a hypocrite. Stop trying to look spiritual. You stick out like a sore thumb, and it's time we start calling you out. And in Jesus' name, may the true prophets in every local church stand up and judge anybody who is trying to emotionally manipulate the people. I'm Justin Gleason, and I approve of this podcast. Mm -hmm.